Welcome to another episode of Porch Palms. Um, it's a beautiful Wednesday, I think Wednesday, uh, afternoon uh, here in Indianapolis. Um, neighbors are driving by, neighbors are doing their thing, um, and I'm out here on the porch um, with some new palms. Um, I just got back from my friends Clark and Sarah's wedding out in Utah. Um, Clark has been one of my close friends since we were like seven or eight years old um and his now wife Sarah has become one of my favorite people um since I met her like five years ago um and I'm so happy to see them so happy um and you know so I went out to their wedding um you know and it was kind of in a I was kind of in a vulnerable place I went alone uh my beloved Beth uh, I had to stay back for work, and I've, you know, I've, because of a lot of circumstances, including what I talked about in the last episode, um, my mentor Dean's passing, um, as well as some other mental health issues, I've, um, just been having a, uh, an inconsistent time. I've been in a, currently in kind of an inconsistent state. Um, so I wasn't sure how it would go, honestly. Um, I get in this, I get in this place where I play the comparison game. All, I knew I was going to be around all these people. Clark's a neurologist and Sarah has a great job as well. And they have each other and they, and they have this seemingly consistent, stable life. Um, and a lot of their, uh, and a lot of people in their lives have great jobs and they have kids and. And so I started playing this comparison game before I even got there. And it's mostly all in my head, othering myself. Um, so I just told myself I was going to lean into the kind of solo weirdo artist that I was, that I am, and that I, that I um, was in that moment. Um, so I wondered, and I observed, and I wandered, and I stayed open um, to what was going on I, and which I think really helped me stay grounded um, so and so luckily in terms of my mental illness I didn't really have any symptoms a lot of times traveling is really difficult for me um, I know it is for a lot of people you know the, the stress of flying in the airport and all that um, being in a new place being out of your comfort zone you know we all go through those and for me a lot of times it brings up psychotic symptoms it brings up my insomnia it brings up um, it brings up uh, my delusions and paranoia and so um, but I did what I came to do I came to celebrate I came to witness and I came to um, present a poem so before I kind of talk more about the poem aspect of it um, thanks to all of Clark's friends and family, including Clark and Sarah themselves, that made me feel included. Um, Clark and Sarah were great about hosting me a little early so I could get settled in like I needed to. Um, they they went above and beyond and showed me around and driving me around and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, Clark's family was great about they made breakfast every morning and were sure to include me for meals. Um, 
and uh, Clark and Sarah's friends uh, like Adam and Alice, uh, Joel and Suzanne, um, and Cassidy and Angela and many, I'm sure I'm forgetting, they, um, they were included me for meals and during dancing uh, and conversation. Uh, and that just, um, that also was a big factor in me, um, being able to get through this, um, tough time, uh, and being able to just do, like I said, do what I came to do. Um, and in celebrating them and witnessing them, it, like I wanted to do, they asked me to, um, read a poem, write a poem and read a poem at their wedding ceremony. And done that a couple of times before. Um, but for someone who I love as much as I love Clark and Sarah, um, this was a huge honor. So I, so I spent the last seven months uh, kind of stressing, not really stressing, but just working through um, trying to find the right mix. Because um, there's like, one, there's like, you got to write something that's meaningful to them first and foremost. Something that's personal for them, something that um, is vital to them. And then second, it's got to be something up to my standard, something I'm proud of, something um, that has the nerve that I'm looking for in my own work. And then three, um, it's got to be palatable to, in this case, a hundred or so mix of guests from both families, friend groups, all that. Um, something that they can take in and digest in the moment as well. Um, so I wrote four poems over the last several months, um, multiple drafts of each. Um, yeah, and just working through it. Um, yeah, it was just kind of working through trying to find that right mix. And so, you know, several people were very kind to talk to me about the poem after the wedding and I when I shared that you know there are these four poems they said they like to see them hear them so I so I said I, I would share them on this podcast if they wanted to check it out so if you're listening thanks for following up and uh, thanks for your kindness um, so yeah so um so anyways, I'll, I'll share those in a second, but um, before that, I just kind of, I'm back, and after this vulnerability hangover, um, and I had this red eye, had this in, uh, and I kind of had this energy crash, I'm back to this, but I'm trying to get back in routine and back on this new journey to my new self, um, where poetry is very much still a part of that, but it's less about the poetry community publishing and accolades and academia and it's I'm finally trying to work my way back it's really hard because I was attached to that so much uh, about this personal growth and these personal connections like I had this weekend um, and it reminds me of this tweet I saw from Shams Tabriz um, where he said maybe you're not healing because you're trying to be who you were before the trauma that person doesn't exist anymore because there's a new you trying to be born. Breathe life into that person. I think poetry is that breath for me that is going to help me um, heal and um, and become and and uh, settle into that new self. 
So, thanks again to Clark and Sarah for having me. Thanks to everyone there who was so kind about the poem and about just me <laughs> being around and being a strange solo weirdo poet. Um, and, um, yeah, hope everyone is doing well and poems soon enough. All right, the four poems. The first one is called The End of Fear is Where We Begin. And I discovered some really important things that I wanted to talk about, uh, ultimately, in whatever poem I ended up with. Um, namely, some wisdom that I've gotten from um, Joseph Campbell and Ram Dass, and the importance of those and how I think about some of these things of, of being alive and being connected to other people and that. Um, but the poem, ultimately, <laughs> that I'm about to read was too self-indulgent um, and too full of my nerves um, to, um, to, to be the poem for the wedding. But I, I think um, there is something vital about processing those nerves in here. Um, so yeah, the end of fear is where we begin. For seven solid months, I've been fretting. I'm not the right person, the right feller, to say anything meaningful at a wedding. Given my hard history of collapse under pressure, two disentangled marriages before age 32, last decade's Freudian feud with bipolar disorder, an uncanny ability to turn any situation towards me. Look, I did it again, all I've done so far, except maybe I am the right person given how I am slick-coated and a sparkle, given how I am still a person at all. The writer Joseph Campbell, he said, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. A crisp metaphor sprung forth here to give glimmer to what we witness today in this sacred space, this man and this woman, etc., overriding the trembling we've done on our couches, the spinning on our wheels, the sitting on our heels, the late hours of talking what-ifs and whys. As another great thinker once said, we often don't want the world to see us. Out of fear, the world won't understand. But what I'm saying to you here, myself less a great thinker and more of a drunk goat in a nice pair of pants, is that if we truly want another person to know who we are, we have to step through the metaphoric archway and see what's in the box. I know I'm not the only person in this room who wishes to open up my soft skull, lean over and say to my beloved, look, see the label, genetic markers, and chemical weirdness, and snip it out with a pair of shiny tweezers. How I wish you could find the code for what grief my father passed down to me, what fears my, my mother seated deep. How I wish you could peer down my hatch. There, you could see my cancer scheming or my insecurity skirmishing with my joy. But we can't, we mustn't, we shouldn't. Instead, we must truck through the mud and the muck, the yays and the thuds destined for us. As Father Richard Rohr says, true change, it comes two ways, through great love, and yes, you guessed it, great suffering. This, my friends and my strangers, is what I've learned through my blotches and my splotches. The relief of partnership is constant change because the great love 
and the great suffering it mingles forever in the space of the beloved, which isn't so much a person, but a feeling. As Ram Das reminds us, love is a state of being. The tenderness of the only person you wish to hug after a rough day at work, the sympathetic silence on the airplane towards another birth, another funeral, the blissed out feeling of a hike, and the letdown of knowing it is coming to an end. I tell you now, it is not the cave I fear. It is fearing, feeling nothing, standing alone in a field. My beloved, I know, is in there waiting. Now it is time to cross into the fruitful shadow. This next one is called Meditation in Search of the Beloved. Uh, I really want to, I'm, I'm itching to start trying to write meditations. Um, I've been meditating for a couple years now. Um, and it seems like a good practice um, and a good direction to try. So I wanted to try it. Also, um, at my wedding, um, the the writer uh, Kirk Lynn did a like a meditation prayer thing that um, at our little party, and it was really beautiful and really impactful. And so I thought maybe that would work. <laughs> and then it only kind of ended up satisfying me it didn't this didn't feel very palatable um and it didn't feel very personal to Clark and Sarah so I went a different direction but there are some things in here that you'll notice in um future drafts and stuff meditation in search of the beloved love as a field or love as a forest which metaphor do you prefer though you often forget you live surrounded by fields Fields of corn and fields of soybeans, fields of vision, both ocular and psychotic. Fields of dreams and hopes and wishes, VH, VHS tapes you can't bear to throw out. So let's go with forest, the kind that behemoths, whatever sense of size and force you carry, close your eyes and enter said forest in search of the beloved. The beloved, though you often forget, the beloved is more feeling than person grand wisp of inspiration and wisdom and home step carefully over the logs we conjure nod to the deer drinking from the babbling brook witness the birds like you doing their best impressions of their ancestors step back and see yourself there in the forest in search of the beloved another connected morsel of creation like all the others blessed to be you and the hummingbird bill longer than its body, you and the owl of silent flight swivel head, you and the woodpecker beating beak to bark. Ramdas named this state the witness, the self watching the self, enacting the self, the part of you that you thought you were, lovingly witnessed by that essence you truly are. Ah so, he says, ah so, ah so, ah so, and now you've come to the cave of cobwebs and exponential darkness of potential terror and biting curiosity. As Joseph Campbell says, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. You know it, don't you? There on the porch, on the perch where you witness in the cave is the beloved search for. Terrifying beloved like a room of mirrors on our barest of days, but also inspiring beloved sparkling beloved 
waxing beloved and waning beloved, by which to track, by which to see by in the darkness, even when you'd rather stay out of the light. The beloved, of course, as another witness, when you don't want the world to see you because you don't think they'll understand the, the beloved, in fact, as the world. You and the beloved and the world are one. Now open your eyes and you find your beloved. You say to this beloved, may you be happy, may you be loved, may you be free of suffering. But you know it is the space between the words. That's where you meet the beloved, between feeling and being, between soul and sound. Listen as the notes begin to lilt in. You are ready to be covered in your beloved song. All right, and the third poem is an was an adjust, uh, kind of a readjusted old poem. Um, I remembered this poem that I originally wrote for an old friend, Brendan, um, when he was ordained um, as a as a minister, and I kind of readjusted it, thinking about faith based love to more of a romantic love. Um, but it just didn't. It's another one that. Uh, it's a list poem, so it didn't it didn't feel palatable. Um, it felt it felt um, hev too heavy for this occasion. Um, but you'll see, it's very similar, uh, just uh, to what ultimately becomes the wedding poem. One beloved speaks to another, to grasp another simply by sound, foot patter in the foyer, life co like cough in the shower. To reinvest in the harsh music of reality. To recap the luncheon through eye rolls and giggles. To structure something in one's own image, which of course is ours. To create beauty in a historic singular way, like a hardwood floor, the antique horse blanket on the wall. To harbor bitterness only where there is perfection. To crimp the ribbons at the right moments on the calendar. To intertwine my drowsiness with your productivity. Two variant rainbows colliding, to never spread an ugly rumor, be it about a tooth or pharmaceutical choices, to liberate whoever is for you, to calm the grind beating my family to its pulp, to surprise each arrival, each forsaken day, each bummer with a smile, to operate my ancient lust with charm and kindness, to sing from within my paunchy clay prison, to quit hoarding fanciful envelopes, dry bones, begonias by the bunches, to never repeat the original lie, to forget that I too was previously at odds with collaboration, cuddling, to be viscerally aware what others have called the sun god and the rain god, to bless the prospect of missing another, to itemize the scale of our lives, one Goo Goo Dolls box set at a time, to talk about hierarchy and psychology and vulnerability at length, to continually find the collision of joy and a hatchling desire, to locate my eyelashes, my spine, my shoulders beside you each morning, to steer well in everyday life, be it covered in a rash or riding a motorcycle through the desert, to reflect the boat I am only original pieces of, to translate as needed when the time isn't quite, to extend myself into these pristine reservoirs of hope, to table unproven thoughts until further notice, to accept whatever was said if only to get a better view, to end more cooked than I came, to absorb the wisdom that trickles from the streaks of your eye, the warm purr when you sleep, 
to ignite my apologies with a great gusto, to bolt my amends to the morning, to leave shame frozen and airbrushed, buried in the snow, to shatter all expectations, an insect chomping through the leaves, to jostle profound happiness from wherever it's been hiding, to burst into metaphorical flames for you, to mimic the molecule shaped like a self, to do the best impression of my best self as often as possible, to launch my latest counter-strike against madness, grief, a swarm of bees, to trudge from sunrise to sundown to procure your favorite stone, to tussle with the real crisis, a lack of imagination, to expand upwards to the great love you've painted above me, to explore the cave I've always feared to enter, which is where I know the treasure hides, to eyeball an idea of us so big that it transcends the categories of true and untrue, to weave everything me to everything you, then to weave everything us to everything else, to revolve around the cool pale indent where the wedding ring rests, to glitter the swimming pool of love, to flush the lines when things get gunky alongside you between us as one to usher in all the feelings a human being generates pity sadness empathy horror beauty joy grief all of it to zing 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 as much as i can muster Last but not least, um, this one's called While You're Here, You Might As Well, and it is the poem I read at their wedding. Um, big thanks to my friend Eric Klo, who helped me um, get this one in, to meet all three of those criteria. Um, I, he really encouraged me to add in more personal references and to get that connective tissue to make it more palatable. And I think that it came out with some real verve that works really well um, for this occasion. Um, yes. Thanks for listening. While you're here, you might as well expand upwards towards the great bright now painted around us. I have all an idea so big it transcends all categories of true and untrue. This, that, me, and you, whatever you do. Please remain aware viscerally of what others before might have labeled Cupid and Parvati, Aphrodite and Venus. As you go, uncover your own bliss deity of love within. While you're here, you might as well extend into these pristine reservoirs of hope. By all means, go ahead, get some glitter in your own swimming pool of love. Just always remember to flush the lines when things get gunky. If you do end more cooked than you came, offer apologies with great gusto in the morning, and be sure to bolt amends by what is nightfall. While you're here, you might as well accept whatever was said, if only to get a better view, to reinvest in that honest music of reality. The goal is to grasp another simply by sound, patter of feet in the foyer, cough in the shower, whatever you do, do not forget to sing, to scale your lives one Goo Goo Dolls album at a time, yes always attempt to steer well in this life, be it chased by mosquitoes through the forest or sipping cocktails in Fiji in the fall, still don't be shocked if, it all, if all expectations shatter, 
you might be metamorphosed into an insect munching through a leaf. Instead, launch your best counter-strike against madness, grief, boredom, the heat. Instead, trudge across the city to snag your beloved, a favorite scone. Instead, hold beauty in a singular way, like a hardwood floor. Yes, you might rightly choose to revolve around the indent where their wedding ring rests, but alongside each other, between each other, as one, welcome the feelings a human being generates. Pity, sadness, traffic, empathy, horror, joy, Netflix and chill, grief, all of it. Now is the moment to explore the cave you feared to enter, which of course is where the treasure hides. Now is the moment to nudge profound happiness wherever it has been, trail running, training for this day. I won't blame you if you suddenly burst into flames.